0: If of you supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts.
1: Blah blah blah. Blah blah Send it out good vibes. Blah blah good, good vibes. Good vibes. Blah blah Good vibes. Good vibes. breaths
2: of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection, and put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track, shivers or vibrations and stuff like that.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Grammaric Show, episode 602, or is it 603? I think it's 603, right?
2: I'll just check right now. I think it's 603, yep.
0: With Richard Serrett. I mean, he must have been one of our first 15 or 20 guests.
2: I think he was number 15 or 14. He was right up there.
0: So, yeah. Wow, imagine that. 600 episodes later, we have him back to talk about the Canadian side of things. So it's a good one. And our election just ended yesterday here in Alberta. So good timing for all that kind of stuff. And how you been? I seen you the other day. I was pulled over on the phone going through emails on the side of Glenmore trail and like not even like watching traffic. And I, I like caught you out of the corner of my eye (laughs) (laughs) and I wasn't like, Right on the side of the road either. You would have never seen me because I was like probably to like 150 yards, a good like seven iron off of the road. Yeah. And I was just like looking down at my phone and I just see a glimpse of, oh, that Jeep looks just like ground. Oh, it's (laughs) ground. It's clearly. Probably going to the mm, natural path. Not another Jeep like that. Yeah. World. I mean we won't yeah. say why, because we don't want people tracking you down.
2: We, we yeah, we were probably going to a natural path for Maria's uh Maria. The only relief she can get from her chronic pain is uh this prolotherapy. She
0: has to yeah. get on the weed, man. No, she doesn't That's like it. Power through the not like it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: I think so, yeah, I, it's been I good.
2: Said... Been good. It's been kind of summery here, you know. It's been it's been nice.
0: It was a little too hot for a while. Yeah. it gets so hot at the beginning and it gets so cold at night so you can't really enjoy the like you can't really get into summer activities like when we went camping a few weeks ago i mean it was hot but the water was so cold the kids can do it but it's like i can't just go swim around out there really i got a few minutes man and it's fucking cold (laughs) you know it's like and I remember having that mentality when I was a kid. It's just like, well, if you just get in there, you can just swim it off, and it'll yeah. be fine. And then next thing you know, you go for hours, and you don't care. But that shit don't work at forty, bro. You can't swim it off. <laughs> you just can't. So,
2: so I was thinking about that because we went to just the river on on the on uh, on the weekend. We went to a river. There's, a, there's a, a campsite that was empty. It's probably the closest park to where we live. I've never been there before, but it's on, along the big river and it was empty. There was no real campers there. I mean, it wasn't really like the best swimming spot and wasn't the most beautiful, but you're on a river and amongst a bunch of trees and
0: birds. Is it McKinnon Flats?
2: No, I don't, I don't think so.
0: Like down off 22X by Langdon?
2: Yeah. Close to that. It was near Cars, Carsland, I guess maybe.
0: Yeah. You can't camp for those spots. Why? Why not? You just can't. One's a provincial park for sure. I think. What, what do
2: you mean you can't camp at?
0: What, 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 what do you mean? You can't camp at McKinnon Falls. If you're at McKinnon Falls, you can't camp. And at the Cars Land one, you can't camp.
2: There's a campsite
0: there, though. Are you sure?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have comfort camping. Did you ever hear about this? I think I'm going to do it. I think we're going to do it. Like instead of going to like a hotel for a weekend or something like that, they have these big tents. And I asked the dude about nah, it. I'm like, you "What's to- this comfort camping thing?" And he says, "Oh, yeah, they're furnished and everything. You just nah, bring your your bed, seat, seats, and your dishes, much. and you're like right on the. You got a tent right yeah. on the river. What?
0: Oh, this is too much for you. What
2: That's are you not- shaking your hand about? What?
0: Is this is this is even comfort camping is going to be too camping for you.
2: Not How for long me, are you
0: going for it? just like for a night, just or a night
2: or something, and just to get into nature a little bit. You know, wake up and you're right there.
0: Got and- the jeep. You know what you got to do is just get on uh it's not RV share here. It's like RV easy or something like that. Uh-huh. And just rent a, a little camper that's got, like, everything you need.
2: That's not a bad idea. And you then you get a small nice spot.
0: You, you, go, you could totally go boondocking with one of those things. What like does if, that mean? That's where you go out camping and there's, like, no services. So oh. you just, like, head the fuck out. Oh, on back in the behind chain lakes, you get a little one just for you guys. And the like the batteries. I mean, I have a generator you can use anyway. And you have your big generator here, but you'd probably want the little generator. The big one you need two people. Well, like.
2: why would I need a generator? I mean, you're camping. I mean, I don't well, understand.
0: If you're gonna have the camper, it just depends, you know, like because you want a bathroom probably. So you get one that has a toilet. Oh yeah. Now you have a toilet and you have hot water and you have and you think just tow it with the tow it with the jeep? You think? Oh, yeah. That thing's got to be good for
2: 9,000
0: pounds, I bet.
2: So, can you go to like any any place and camp then? Like, what what do you call the grounds? The uh, what is it called again? The, I know the, spots, the land that you're allowed to just go camp on crown land. Can you just go camp be on be crown back. land?
0: Yeah. What? There's some different rules. Like, some places why you should be so far off the road, but it's pretty like there's a bunch of places you can go. They're pretty chill and then. I mean, we could go for a cruise. I could show you some spots where you, like, depending on, like, if you guys were going to go for a week or something, you could get the fuck out there. Then you are go on a generator because your batteries won't last a week. So your lights and all that stuff will stop working. And then it depends how much water you're going to have on board. So, you know, if you're showering and that kind of stuff. If you're just yeah. using the toilet, you could go weeks.
2: Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Hmm. I'd like to think about that because uh, just I want somewhere just to go for a dip and get into nature a little bit, you know, a little bit quicker than
0: I like we that can from here. Up north is good. But uh I mean the beach is so crowded with people. You really? Oh yeah, like there's always people so down at Little Bow too is just crazy with kids. But you could go to, I I know some spots, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. What about those little teardrop trailers?
2: That's what I was picturing kind of. Can you What about yeah, those? It's
0: a little small for you, I think. You're going to want you're going to want something with a bath. Yeah. You have the okay. outdoor toilet set up. But yeah. I think even mine's a bit much for you. Cuz it's like yeah. you got there's a lot of work to do once you do. you to fucking pop it, pull it out, you know, like just going over the whole to-do is going to be a pain in the ass.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And I, I might look into this comfort camping. Just just go there with some sheets and some dishes, and you're set. Yeah, you should totally have a camper now that you have that Jeep. No, I don't want to buy. I don't want to sink money into anything like that. It's just I'll never, I won't use it enough to, if it, like you part, said.
0: You can live in it. What? You can live in it. <laughs> no, renting. I, I can't <laughs> even afford it. I mean. You can just live in your camper head south, live in the Texas RV park for the winter (laughs) and come and live in the Mountain View one over here. I mean, there's a a lot of people in the Mountain View one that live there for sure. That one right on like 16th Avenue. uh, I noticed that one the other day. Oh, yeah, man. It was like, you got like three cars. (laughs) They're skirted in. You know, it's like they're there all winter. But I mean, you're paying... I think like 600 bucks a month. And that's all. And that's your power. That's your everything. You'd have your, put your water and everything hooked right up. Anyway,
2: not a bad the, idea.
0: You could just go live off the grid forever. You're just, a, you're like gypsy.
2: Gypsy with the, uh, with the satellite, uh, with the, what, what's it called? Uh, fucking uh, Elon thing man gypsy with the Starlink. Oh call of a Starlink gypsy. Starling
0: gypsy a star you know. gypsy. A Star Gypsy. It'll be great. He'll be like a hobo. Just wandering around, stay in the redwoods for a while. Gotta find a way to still be able to to record stuff off grid like that. Oh dude, it'd be so easy. Just kick everyone out of the camper. I'm sure it's a great little recording, but you know they have so much stuff crammed into such a small space. There's, you know, maybe it might be bad, but I mean, Adam did it forever.
2: You just get one of those little uh, 180 degree disc, like it's a. Uh, I think Greg Carwood bought one. It's just like a thing that goes behind you to stop
0: the the echo directly behind it. It took us over your head too. Yeah, like your bubble, your pod bubble.
2: Yeah, pod <laughs> bubble. <laughs> Unfold the pod, the Acme pod, pod bubble. So we should talk about the elections. I mean, it's pretty pretty interesting, really. I mean, you know, we were talking with Richard a little bit about this, more from a Canadian level, and I, I guess we might have talked about the Alberta one coming up. But, but I kind of feel like a bit of a hypocrite, you know. I um I used to give my mom a hard time for um when she when because I was just so not in not into politics, still don't like to. But at, when I was younger, and and she she was kind of more political, right, and. And she would always bitch about the federal elections and how she had to vote this one way. And I'm like, why do you have to vote this one way? Like, just vote for who you want to vote for. And then eventually, like that, you know, they'll gain enough votes and they'll have a chance one day. Like, why would you I did not vote, vote for, for who yeah. I
0: wanted to vote for? Didn't you? Well, who the fuck I mean, do you want to vote for, hippie? You better not say the Green Party. What? Is that who you wanted to vote for?
2: No, no. I just feel like we, I feel like there was some parties that would have supported like Alberta leaving kind of, you know, like if, if you were really to have your ultimate choice, like Alberta sovereignty or something oh, yeah. like that. I mean, there like, is,
0: but they only got like 257 votes.
2: Well, that's Which what I'm saying. Say so, right But
0: I mean, one point one million seven hundred sixty-three thousand four hundred forty-one votes cast. Forty four percent NDP, fifty two percent, blah blah blah. So which one was the the independence party, right? So there's two independence parties. That's a problem like right away. I mean so I feel like these guys gotta get their shit together because the reform party of Alberta, the solidarity movement of Alberta.
2: The Buffalo Party, the Wild Rose Party, there's 15 parties. I mean, yeah, this they is... get it
0: all like coalition. And then there's this other coalition that only got 4,000 votes total. So I don't know. At least there's a ton of parties. They just can't get any votes.
2: Yeah. But I mean, the weird part is that for people I think that are listening is that aren't in Canada, like the Liberals have control of the country. But in Alberta, there's like zero presence from the Liberals. I mean, they got. They got some votes. They have a party, I guess. Where where was it? The Alberta Liberal oh, Party. They, they, like four, a, they got.
0: They don't have a single seat.
2: They got. Yeah, they don't have a single seat. I mean, it's so weird. So it's so different than
0: the, the rest NDP of the country. Shouldn't have any seats either. I mean, it's just the only reason is there's a fucking generation of kids that are 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 idiots. Or uh, you know, it's not that. It's just that I guess they just don't know any better. You know, when I was fucking in my twenties, I probably would. I wasn't voting. You know, at that time because I was drinking, but uh, I'd take the day off to vote and then just drink or party or whatever we were doing. You know what I mean? But I definitely yeah. would, didn't start voting until my 30s. Um,
2: I mean, have you seen the map? I mean, this is an
0: extreme you know, example of of just what two happens. Red right? dots in each city. Each city center is red. Is orange. The rest yeah. is. Red. So I mean, I feel like it's just a bunch of kids. Are you are always going to vote NDPs, but just there's too many of them. I don't know how the NDP gets to so many votes because most of the like immigrant people like to blame the immigrants, but most of the immigrants I know are voting fucking
2: blue, which is conservative in Canada.
0: Straight up, because they're not down with the uh, the sexuality stuff, any of it.
1: But, but they,
2: but their platform, you know, I I was looking at their platform. They they did sort of. They they kind of hid the woke stuff a little bit in the platform. I mean, the the first part of it wasn't any, there wasn't anything about that. It was very
0: much yeah. But she just has a track record of like oh, she, yeah. she said multiple times that she supports vaccine passports. That's right. That's so. That's kind of what I was looking Which for. Kenny gave us. I mean, the UCP gave us, and Daniel Smith promised she'd never let happen again. I mean, I guess we'll see. The Interesting thing is that all those fucking ex-health ministers lost their jobs. Yeah. The UCP won, and then those members of the UCP that locked us down all got fired by the voters. Hmm.
2: That is a good sign, yeah. There's mm-hmm. some close races though. I mean, some of these writings had like they were off by a few votes, literally a few votes. You know, twenty votes, crazy? three, six votes, a couple hundred votes. I mean, Although I was really just
0: at her home at home and didn't vote much. I was like fuck, if you if your guy didn't win and he lost by like I think the yeah. one guy lost by four votes. Yeah.
2: Really interesting to see these inner cities just all voting that one way and then all the rest of the province is blue. Like, it's just an extreme example of what's happening in the States. Like, how can we be so far? How can it be so... I don't know. It's disappointing to me. It's disappointing because that that many people...
0: On the social programs, is in the city.
2: You're just... You're voting for the globalists, really. Like, this is like... they're You're just voting for the globalist platform. Like, I would say they are matching what the the who and the wef would recommend that we do.
0: Well it seems like uh not that
2: I trust the blue. I want to make it clear that I don't trust the blue. I don't trust anybody, but at least they're saying the right things and they're talking the right talk, whether they're I'll pretending or not. Slow
0: it down. What? It'll at least slow things down.
2: That's exactly what I said to my friends. I was like, it's just gonna slow it down. We're gonna it's gonna buy us some time.
0: So, yeah, we don't have to worry about the. I mean, see my big takeaway. I just mainly wanted to see Rachel Notley get fucking fired. And I think she'll get fired now because this, she's lost two elections in a row. There's no way they're running her third time. So, I think she'll, you know, she's going to retire or get. Well, that
2: she's the reason why you got booted from Twitter.
0: She is the reason I got booted from Twitter. So it's personal. I have a it's personal.
2: Because you didn't even threaten her or anything. All you did is give her a good, polite warning.
0: Advice. Give her some advice. advice. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Oh, he, but, uh, I mean, I like, there's a bunch of people around the office that were like, well, you know, I don't like what she says. I was like, I love what she says. I love everything that comes out of her mouth. Who, oh, Notley? I agree with almost all of it. Who? Daniel Smith. Oh, really? People didn't like what she's saying? Oh yeah, yeah. No, well, they. I mean, some people agree with her, but says she talks too much. I'm what? Like, man, just I mean, say it all. Say it all. Fuck!
2: We finally have a politician that'll sit there with Jordan Peterson for an hour and just have a discussion without it being all edited up.
0: Right. Yeah, that's right. It's huge.
2: I mean, that's that's what we want—a long-form conversation politician, one that can just have a long chat, not just because you know the other side's not going to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I trust him either, but that's who I wanted to win. And like I said, I'll at least slow things down. I mean, I trust them with guns and a bunch of other stuff and maybe moving Alberta in the direction of Quebec. Yeah. And where, I mean, we've kind of drawn that line in the sand. And I guess yeah. catch one too, you know. Otherwise, we'd just be rolling over for Justine. Here's a
2: funny comment. <laughs> Redmonton, Alberta's embarrassment. Mostly government workers wanting NDP government to increase their already overpaid salaries. Tough on you Redmontonians. The rest of the province blocked your attempts at socialist government.
0: Bingo, bango. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. We got the conservatives anyway who say, and more importantly, it's the ones who said, um, They weren't interested in doing too much. And what's her name just got in like right at the final hour after Kenny got fired. So I'm interested to see what they're going to try and do when they don't have election in front of them. When they can just kind of, they can pass some laws. Hopefully it's stuff that I agree with. I don't agree with laws in general, but you know, they can maybe repeal some stuff, maybe some tax breaks coming. I heard so. And shutting down social programs, which, you know, well, and then, I just don't want to pay for it anymore. Well,
2: and the main thing is, really, I think the whole energy, climate change, that whole agenda. I mean, really, they they want to just rip that away from us. The, uh, a lot of these other parties and the national government, and we, you know, it's all it's all this. It gets back to this globalist agenda from the climate change and carbon taxes, and and man, at least stalling that for a few more years will help.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know? So honestly, I think uh there's rumblings today that Trudeau might be in trouble. What's his name is bitching about uh something. I mean I could see an election getting called maybe, which I didn't see happening before. And I can't see Trudeau winning another election. Where were you where were you hearing these rumblings? Oh uh, I can't. Twitter. Hmm. The Twitter. So, anyway, that's probably enough about that. My uh, cold plunge almost finished. Support the show. I mean, we're almost at uh, two years, right? Ten Ten years. Ten ten years Thursday. Ten years Thursday. Today's Tuesday. So, our ten-year anniversary, you guys. Grammarica.ca slash support. If you've enjoyed us over the last ten years, you're getting some value from this little show that we do called The Grammaric Show. How many episodes have you listened to? What are they worth to you? Uh, If they have added some value to your commute, to your day job, to your workout, to your walk, to wherever you're listening, head over to grandamerica.ca slash support today and uh, make a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly or whatever you can do to help us keep going and keep growing around here. Shout out to Paul Storing who did send us a hundred bucks for our anniversary the other day. So,
2: Thanks,
0: buddy. buddy. Yeah, Paul's been around for a long time, years and years. He's looking great these days. I, I follow him on, uh, well, it used to be Twitter, I think, until I got kicked, but I have him on Facebook. So, Yeah, anyway, support the show, support. We're doing it 10 years, and it's super important. Uh, and we're streaming. We're going to stream that night. So we're going to stream this
2: Thursday night.
0: We're going to stream this Thursday night.
2: And we're back to streaming and video for most of our shows, all, all the ones that we can. So we've got one coming up tomorrow. No, tonight, actually. But this I don't know if this will be out or not. Um, and then a couple tomorrow, Outlawed and the regular Grand America show. Grimerica Outlawed is the whole separate podcast. And that one is on uh on video. It's also on Substack and Rumble and Locals.
0: Rebumble.
2: Yeah. And this one will be like everywhere, like Rockfin, local, or Rockfin, Rumble, YouTube. That's right. Mm-hmm. We've 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 lost our strikes on YouTube, so we're trying to claw our YouTube channel back. I mean, we're also got that audiobook channel. We'd love to have you subscribe to that.
0: Hello, Brain Publishing. Yeah. Also, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, we got this book in. I'll mention that from the end of the marvelous from our buddy M. Andrew Jones. Ooh. Nathan Marvelous was never the same, and public sentiments toward the celebrity only declined. Ever since he quit boxing in a huff, years later, the reclusive star has been all but forgotten. When a meteor is discovered and projected to impact the Earth. Despite a seeming lack of qualification, Nathan is tapped by a local politician that punches well above his weight. And the prize fighter is is tasked with saving Southern Europe and Northern Africa. But as the assignment goes forward, secrets come to light, and an old enemy creeps in from the shadows, intent on destroying anything and everything that Nathan holds dear. At times poignant, poignant, at times zany, and always with another twist approaching, the end of Marvelous explores what it is to be human, or nearly so.
2: Sounds cool. I like this other book, Metal. We we're gonna, we're gonna editing it. We're gonna put out a audiobook uh, of metal on our YouTube channel. It's coming out right away. I wonder if, I wonder if he uh he, he published that one at all.
0: So I huh. also sent some silver, which I added to my to the silver collection. Oh nice. I think we have like two pounds. Nice. Speaking of audiobooks. Okay. Go what? Go ahead. Darren and Graham. I have a podcast synchronicity for you. I was writing a note to Greg Carlwood. I was giving him a bit of a bonus, along with a copy of this here book. And hinting that I'd like to be on his show. I'd like to be on your show, too. Last time was fun, and this time would be even better. I bought a microphone. Anyway, I'm listening to Nick the Rat's latest episode, number 381, because I wrote him a note first and just happened to press play while I searched for his address. So I'm writing Greg, and suddenly the higher side chats is playing over my speakers. Nick the Rat clicked a link in the chat room and an episode started. It only lasts a few seconds. Then Nick the Rat shuts it off and goes back to color. This happens at one hour and 11 minutes and 11 seconds. Bonus. I was on Grammarica once before with Nick the Rat.
2: Oh, I love it. That's what a great your one. Score,
0: Garner? Love is lit. M. Andrew Jones.
2: Oh, my God. That's awesome.
0: We give it 8.5. I had a letter from uh, Max, too, but it must have left it in the truck. So, remind me to to read that. And, of course, I do have this other one from because uh, Chris gave me in, in Utah. I forgot to mention. I don't think I mentioned it yet. Uh, The 33rd printing of Think and Grow Rich. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And a note, Darren, thanks for it all, playa. Authentic ain't easy. And you are keeping it real. That's what I appreciate most. Keep it real, brother. We're family now, homie. Cool. I don't know what the fuck that's. Oh, Coach Chris. So, yeah, there you have it.
2: Well, like, since you're on that Chris subject, I I mean, I got to shout out Coach Chris too, because he gave me a couple hard copies. Like, this is all from that. that, Well, I think they're from that massive uh, uh, stash of books that he found that day. So, this is Scientific Mysticism from Samson, which I might have to get on audio one day and uh, looks really interesting and then the other one is uh, historical materialism from Nikolai Bukharin authorized translation from the third Russian edition that looks pretty interesting too kind of talking about I think the social sciences and stuff back in the early 1900s yeah so
0: a couple more options for us Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Here's uh, another one about Daniel Smith. Uh, Did you know she had a radio show?
2: Uh, Like, currently?
0: Daniel didn't even hold a a seat before last time and was essentially kicked off the radio for her viewpoints. Maybe I could be a politician one day. I got a pretty fucked up past, so they could dig out some dirt, you know?
2: Yeah, but you know, you're, it's not like you've talked about probably most of it on the show. I mean, that's probably. the thing about. I mean, I, like that's the thing about me too. I'm like, well, whatever, dude. Find whatever you can, because I've already for, I've already forgave myself from for it and tried to move that.
0: forward. I'm going to a surprise wedding Friday. Someone, wow, I ten years. What does that mean? I don't know oh, they just tracked me down on Facebook and messaged me.
2: No, but what does it mean a surprise wedding? I don't understand.
0: It's just a surprise for me? We just found out like eight days before.
2: Oh, I thought it was a whole new thing. Like somebody's surprised. Like the bride is, surprised. Well, hey, you ought want to be my bride. Yeah. Let's get married right now.
0: <laughs> uh, I was surprised. <laughs> so. Cool. Exciting. Uh, my cold plunge is almost done. I've finished the fiberglass. I just have to give it a quick sand and then add the like bathtub epoxy. So it has that like bathtub finish. Mm-hmm. And then it's done.
2: So did you just buy like a used freezer?
0: Or? Yeah. I had that big one in the base when I used that one. Oh, okay. I lined it with wood and fiberglassed it all.
2: Oh, you had to line it with wood
0: too? So you just took it. So what did you do? Well, it's just easier was, to attach the fiberglass to wood. So I lined what was it left
2: wood. for the frame?
0: After all my freezer? Oh, quite a bit. I think it's probably like. 25 inches. So
2: No, but it was a metal frame. Like you took out the inside. Yes. I didn't and then take it
0: anything was... out. I just glued wood in around. it. Oh,
2: oh I see. I thought you would have stripped it down and then. And then down. fiberglass to wood. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: That thing should be fired up another week or so. Probably.
2: Nice. Sean will have a good cold plunge there to go to every day.
0: Yeah. I might use it yet too. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, support the show. What else you got? got, Well, I
2: I mean, we got to talk about these audiobooks. So we do, speaking of audiobooks, we do have like two new ones on Audible. Malleus Maleficarum. I think we talked about uh, this when I was doing it. This is The Hammer of Witches. This was written by the German Catholic clergyman Heinrich Kramer. And it was first published uh, in the city of Spire in 1486. And it's a compendium of literature it's it's has been described as the compendium of literature and demonology of the 15th century so it talks about you know the inquisition and the burning of the witches and how to uh how to uh bring them to trial and to charge them and if they're guilty or not it suggests torture to effectively obtain con- confessions and stuff like that it's it's really quite interesting it's quite long it's like 22 hours um so that's like the 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 OG witch burning book from the Catholic Church. And then the other one that just came out too is The Secret of Plato's Atlantis. And that's by Lord John Francis Arendelle. And he talks about Mr. Donnelly's theory. I think it's kind of like a an anti uh Ignatius Donnelly theory. I, I don't think he agrees with it. He he thinks there's some other other um
0: other answers about Atlantis. Pretty interesting, too. Atlantis, oh, yeah, and In Their Own Words, and The Pivot of Civilization and World Brain should all come out this week as well. Nice. That's great. A triple whammy. Yeah. yeah. Also, I did want to mention that I got that 3D printer. So if there's anyone out there that has cool 3D print files. Like the, the software? it's just did files like a G-code or an SDL. You know, I can make SDL files with that app on my phone. And then convert them to a G code and 3D print it. Up. Wow! Allegedly, I haven't actually tried it yet to see how well it works. But in so, for computer, example,
2: when they when the brothers of the serpent were scanning stuff in Egypt, you could make a replica of one yeah, of those statues. Yeah, I'm
0: make a replica of one of them boxes. Kyle, you son of a bitch! I asked him to send me the file, and he must have forgot. I'll have to text him.
2: You can find it in the file. It's uh, in the in the Telegram.
0: Is it an, oh, S- the, an STL, though? You need, need the file, need not the uh, file. Yeah, yeah. So if someone has that, something I might be interested to, just email it to me. No question. What else do you plan on doing with that? Do you have anything
2: for the rat-a-tat-tat tat yeah. Tat yeah. segment? Is this, yeah, a, is this part bad. of your rat-a-tat-tat well, segment? Yeah,
0: it's like super legal <laughs> everywhere, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But that's what, I mean, ultimately, I want to be able to print tools and stuff like that. Print tools. So I'm already looking at a couple of arrowheads that I could print. I haven't tried one out yet. I doubt they'd work more than once, but I mean, shit.
2: If yeah, I but if, it doesn't matter
0: if they... Generator out back.
2: It doesn't matter if they or, only right? work once, as long as you have, have it there to put on a stick.
0: That's right. Huh. Ba-na-ba-ba-ba.
2: What would you make those out of?
0: Just this plastic, I think. I haven't got into the PLED yet. I've just been using the... PLS or whatever the fuck it's called. Would you have to sharpen that afterwards we'd take then? A silicone one too to try and make a phone case and it was like all bendy and stuff. It would have been fine, but it just didn't fit properly.
2: Hmm.
0: I don't know if that's the accuracy of the print. But the dragons that I'm making for my kids are fucking crazy. It's crazy to watch this thing. Just like fucking prints a layer, prints a layer. Next thing you know, it's a toy.
2: Would you? Would you have to sharpen these arrowheads that you printed?
0: I don't know. I haven't tried one yet. It's on my list of things to try.
2: Yeah.
0: But you probably would want to sharpen them a bit. Hmm. For sure, but it'd be easy to sharpen. Yeah. Nature. One-time
2: work. use, but it'd be good to have a bunch beats of these. It yeah,
0: the beats a sharp rock for fucking sure.
2: Oh, yeah. Make some spearheads, yeah, too, just yeah, in case. Exactly. Spearheads would be ideal.
0: Well, I, th- I could buy spearheads now. My thought is that you could run these things off a good solar array or, <laughs> or a little wind turbine if you just needed off to. Off the grid, off 3D the grid.
2: printing off the grid.
0: If you needed to make a little tool, like I have some socket files so I could print out a little socket.
2: You could have just a whole bunch of stuff oh, and just be selling. You're like a little manufacturing department. When the collapse happens, you're just. In the woods, making shit for people.
0: Yeah. Oh, you, you need a you need a a, a, a socket.
2: A you need a screwdriver <laughs> head. What's that?
0: That three D printers running in a cave. <laughs> yeah. With a water wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and the files I hoarded on a fucking hard drive in a yeah. day bag. That's yeah, exactly.
2: That. I mean, good. all you, at that point, all you need is electricity, right?
0: Yeah, which is easy.
2: And, and the medium. I mean, you would have to stock up on the medium.
0: Yeah, that's true. True that. Some Where good ideas. Is, yeah, exactly. So send us any files. Let us know. We'll try it out. K. printing. You got a bio for Mr. Serrett I do. Yeah. He's
2: uh, he's the host of, I mean, how many shows? I mean, I couldn't believe when he was telling us how many shows he does. Like, how how the guy, I mean, we can barely keep up with, like, two shows and some books. I mean, he's the host of the weekly syndicated radio program, uh, Richard serrett's Strange Planet. He's built his reputation as an accomplished teller of spellbinding tales and a keen interviewer in the area of the unexplained. He's one of the big OGs. He's the regular guest host on Coast to Coast, the most listened to late night radio program in the world. He's a much sought after expert of all things unexplained and has appeared on numerous television series, including William Shatner's Weird or What, National Park Mysteries and Freak Encounters. Um, He's written and produced uh, Seasons of the Conspiracy Show. That's that uh, documentary-style television program. Um, he also co-starred in the pilot for the Discovery Channel, um, "The United States of Paranoia," which investigated claims of electronic harassment and mind control. And he created, and wrote, and hosted the critically acclaimed podcast "The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone" on Westwood One and the Chris Jericho Podcast Network. So yeah, this is uh, he's uh, he's quite the awesome awesome dude, fellow Canadian.
0: There you have it, guys. Enjoy the chat with the fabulous Mr. Sarah.
2: Richard Serra, thanks for joining us. You are welcome back to Grimerica. Probably the the biggest gap between a guest showing up twice here. So thanks for joining us.
3: <laughs> How long has it been? When was Almost I? Almost ten years. Ten Almost years. 10. Wow, I was just knee high to a grasshopper back then.
2: I mean, so much has happened in that ten years. I mean, it's crazy. So you know, welcome back. And I mean, while we're on that topic, a big thanks to you for taking a chance on us. Like we were. Just starting out, I mean, you were episode 18, I think, and here we are almost 10 years later. I think we're recording probably 603 or something, 603, plus we've got another show. So, I mean, you're, you know, one of these gracious guys who, you know, you've been around the block, you've been doing it for a long time, and you'd come on our show, and and uh, that really helped us in the beginning, you know, so really oh, appreciate
3: wow. that. I'm, I'm honored to have been a, a small part of uh, your your success. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Do you want to get into a little bit about your background? I mean, let, let's just do like a quick little uh quick little reader's digest version of the last, you know, 10-15 years.
3: Uh well, uh let's see. Um working most of my adult life in talk radio as a producer, then got my own show at CFRB in Toronto in February of 2000. Um wasn't talking really much about conspiracies or The paranormal, which is what I'm doing now for the most part until obviously 9 11, like a year later, that just changed everything and it took over. Uh, and I, I think it's fair to say I was one of the first, maybe the first, uh, talk show host in Canada, like on a blowtorch station. I can't, you know, looking back, I I can't imagine that they, I would be allowed to do this now, but I was talking, um, you know, openly about, like within days of 9-11 wow. talking about the, you know, the insights, you know, was it an inside job and bringing on uh, a lot of these researchers and so forth. Uh, yeah. There's no way I'd be allowed to do that today on a, on a, on a station like that. Um, so the, uh, the the show moved from up and down the dial in Toronto, um, different names, but basically the same content. And uh then in 2009, two thousand and nine, I was asked to uh, fill in for George Norrie on Coast to Coast on a Friday night. He was having dinner with his daughter, I think, for her birthday or something. And I got a call from the vice president of talk at Premier, who was also a Canadian out of Montreal, asking me if, if I'd like to um, to come on and host. And of course, who wouldn't? That was being That was like getting a call up to the Yankees, you know, at that time. That was a huge deal for me. Um, and I thought, okay, if it's a one-off, so be it. I can always say I guest hosted on coast and it's, it seemed like it would, it was going to be a one-off because I didn't hear back from them for five years. And then in 2014, January, 2014, uh, Lisa Lyon, the executive producer asked me, uh, to be a regular guest host. And so for the last nine, nine years I've been guest hosting typically three, three shows, like a Friday or a Saturday, very rarely a Sunday. Uh, guest hosting Coast to Coast. I just hosted on uh, Sunday night, the, the 30th of April. Uh, and then in addition to that, I've got my podcast, Strange Planet, which I've been, um, uh, producing since 2017, December 2017. Uh, three episodes a week. So approaching 900 episodes. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, oh, I, I have a daily show in Toronto. A weekly or uh, sorry a daily show uh, an afternoon drive show four to six p m on saga nine sixty <laughs> and but that hasn't that's uh just kind of you know news politics opinions interviews but the 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 two worlds are colliding because yeah uh you know again uh today's conspiracy theory is tomorrow's headline and and uh it's all it's all a blur, <laughs> really. It's so, all a blur. So what happened to the conspiracy
2: show then? That was the that was because you were you know um, all over all over. What do you call that again? Um,
3: no, it was syndicated. S- yeah, syndicated, that was yeah. Uh, that was a, a weekly. That was on Sunday night. Um, and again, that was basically the same show I started in two thousand at CFRB. Then I moved to AM six forty. It was something. It was called something else on a Friday night. Then I landed at uh, Zoomer Radio, right in Toronto, AM seven forty. And then um, in 2009, and then a few years after that, I started to syndicate it. So I guess at, the, at its height, it was around 50 uh, markets across North America. And uh, in August of last year, I, I basically wound that up. Uh, I just, I couldn't, I was, I don't know, looking back, how, even how I, did, I was, I managed to do that, plus the the Daily Show, plus the podcast, plus Coast to Coast. You know, I'm not a young man. <laughs> it's, it's just oh, yeah. it was, it's a lot of it's a lot of work yeah it was yeah. it was insane i i don't know how i did it um so yeah we said goodbye to that but i uh I, I still air old episodes of the conspiracy show on my youtube channel which is at strange planet radio and then all of the podcasts that i do monday wednesday and friday they're also available at uh on the youtube channel so nice yeah.
2: So it wasn't. So it wasn't COVID related, or like what was going on in the last few years. Like they, you, you weren't really like forced off or anything like that. It was just your choice of.
3: You know. I, again, I can't believe. You know, people they always want to hear, "Oh, you were hauled into a boardroom and some <laughs> me figure that had a, a resemblance to Ned Beatty basically read you the riot act." No, I never had that. Uh, I've been very fortunate, or maybe the 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 management were you know like minded. Uh, But when I was at Zoomer Radio, Moses Neimer, who is a real media pioneer in this country, you know, he sort of uh, people in Toronto will be familiar with city TV. He started that, you know, you when he had the the newscaster who wasn't sitting behind the desk with his, you know, her his or her hand crossed reading from the uh, reading from a script. They would be sitting on the edge of the desk. You could see the TV cameras in the shot sort of breaking down the fourth wall. Uh, I mean, Moses Nimer was responsible for that. And then uh, he left City TV and Chum and, and started Zoomer Radio. So I don't know, maybe I was a little bit of his pet project. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I I could talk about anything. And and right. I did right up until right. Um, Okay. Okay. I decided to walk away from it in August.
2: Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, that's kind of what I was going to ask. Because after going through the last few years and, and thinking back to your work on the radio, I thought, I wonder if he was dealing with the same... Same kind of stuff we were just with YouTube. Even I mean, we, you know, we've had to really tread carefully. We got one channel deleted and a couple strikes on 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 the one that we're streaming on right now, and and it's it's been it's been tough. We're trying not to self censor, but sort of having to be careful at least. And that, and I was thinking today in prep for having doing the show with you, like watching what happens with Tucker in the mainstream. Like I really do feel like the mainstream is is sort of going through its death now, right now, like looking at some of the the figures of the amount of people that are watching Fox, like it's, it's not a lot now.
3: No, they're the 25 to 54. That's the all important demo. Uh, With Tucker, I think at his height, he was doing around 600,000 just in that demo. And then I think overall he was doing about 3 million viewers a night. The twenty-five to fifty-four now with Brian Kilmeade or whoever's subbing or sitting in until they figure that out. I think it's down to uh, just over a hundred thousand. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they are they're they're bleeding. Yeah, we we are transitioning finally from mass society into a network society. So yeah, this is um, this is the uh, the death rattle of uh, yeah. first it was network news and then then it was overtaken by cable network uh, cable news and now cable news is. Is falling.
2: Yeah, they're still they're still clinging on to the narrative pretty hard. I mean, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how this happens in the next year or two. Really.
3: Yeah, uh, it'll be. I think we'll get a good indication of where that's headed when we figure out or when Tucker Carlson figures out what he's going to do with his brand. And uh, I guess officially, the last I heard, Tucker Carlson hasn't even been fired from Fox. They're very clever. They're tying him up. They've suspended, you know, he's not on the air, but he's still an employee. So he, uh, he has probably a non-compete clause, uh, yeah. which means he can't go over to Newsmax or, or, um, what's the Rumble other one or something uh, or one American Rumble, voice or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if that would exclude him from doing something, you know, For on his, his own. Yeah. yeah but hmm. yeah, it's not, I don't think we'll necessarily see him on cable news. Uh, but yeah, he could. You know, he could do something on Rumble. Um, maybe connect with uh, partner with Dan Bongino, or maybe he'll end up on um, the Blaze. Who knows? Eventually, I, but it'll be interesting to watch.
2: I thought of Megan today, Megan Kelly. I thought, I wonder if him and Megan would team up with something.
3: Well, that's interesting. Yeah. How Yeah, I don't know how she. Uh, I I see clips uh, from her her program uh is she strictly what is she what i don't even know what her platform is I, I, she's like
2: she's kind of podcasting i i to be honest with you i don't know where she's at like if it's rumble or what where she's right. at but um she's but she's got a fairly regular show like uh, we've we sort of follow adam curry in the no agenda show and he's going on her show again coming up here but i think she's got quite a daily like a daily half hour an hour interview show I just don't. I just don't know where it, where it is or what platform. Right, but she's I, starting to push back a little bit on the the whole. Seems like the whole trans thing is kind of oh, waking her up yes. a little bit. So there's some.
3: Yeah, I I have seen that in her her transformation. I, I think back to her days moderating the one of the presidential debates, and uh, you know when when uh, the Donald went after her a little bit. Uh, but she has. You're right. She has been. I guess the term is red pilled. I don't know. Um, it's interesting to see that also with Bill Maher, of course. Um, who else? There have been a couple other notables that have. Um, well, um, the 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 uh, the comedian from um, England, uh, the guy that yeah, was yeah, the, the Scottish uh, guy. Uh, no, the English guy. Take me to the Greek. Or is he Scottish? I, I think he's English. I'm not sure. What's Russell his name? Brand Russell Brand. Thank you, Darren. Yeah. He's been, you know, he's been out there for a while, his transformation, a couple of years, probably even before Bill Maher.
0: Like he used to be a (laughs) chick.
2: He's transitioning from the left, the left to being red pilled kind of in a way.
3: Yeah, crazy. Yeah, kind of a a crazy progressive. And then he did a debate with Jordan Peterson. And um, uh, it's interesting, you know, to, to have seen the
0: transformation. I would say We're not done yet because it starts out like a leftist. Not a leftist, sorry. It starts out a liberal. Let's say it starts as yeah. a liberal or progressive when you're a kid and you're an idiot. And then you start making money, and you're like, what are you guys doing with my money? <laughs> I'm gonna be getting married right. and have a kid. And then you start, you know, go center, start going a little right. It's like, you know, and then you go a little further right, stay off my lawn, make a little more money. And then yeah at the end of the day, because I went right to libertarianism, I was like, oh, this shit don't work either. It's gotta be flat out anarchy voluntarism. i'm I'm convinced that's the only way that we can hold everyone in check because it keeps everyone sort of worried about the villagers all the time. and it's gonna be a little unruly. I'm not gonna lie it's gonna shit's gonna go down all the time, and shit's going down all the time today. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a paradise well, between the suicides and the overdoses and the murders and the war. You know, how many people a day are just dying terrible deaths anyway that, you know, that there might be more of those, but there might not because we never just tried that out on mass with, you know, the luxuries that we enjoy today. It might be my fall part. I'm not going to lie, Richard, but I think that's the only way that we get. Anarchism. Real freedom.
3: Yeah. Well, that's, anarchists. that is the, the, if you go on the spectrum, <laughs> am I on the spectrum? I don't know. <laughs> Moving to the right, it's, it's not fascism. That's the, one of the big lies. You know, the Nazis were national socialists. Um, if you move a conservative to the right, eventually, yeah, you get someone who just says, let's pull the stop signs out. Let's just, you know, do away with less and less and less government. You can't have a conservatism doesn't, a conservatism doesn't lead to authoritarianism can't because authoritarianism uh totalitarianism that requires a huge government apparatus big big government you know you got to employ millions of people to spy on their neighbors and and so forth so conservatism doesn't lead in that direction it leads Darren to ultimately uh anarchism uh not not fascism or totalitarianism um but I think it's I don't know if that it's even I, I'm getting tired of the labels Um, I mean, I'm a pretty social conservative person, but to me, it's not even about that anymore. It's about big versus small. It's about uh, the ruling class versus the rest of us as, you know, useless eaters. Uh, So now you're finding these strange bedfellows and it's, these times are making for very strange bedfellows. People are talking about, hey, why doesn't Donald Trump put... Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the ticket, right? As the the Unity Party. Um, I mean, Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders before Bernie, like, went totally off the rails. Bernie Sanders had more in common with Donald Trump than than Joe Biden and Donald Trump.
0: Sure, but then I, I, you know, I was like right there with you not too long ago, but now I'm. If the last three years have taught us anything, it's that these, these useless eaters can be a fucking liability. I mean, in my country, a bunch of the, what I would call, because we have, we, we can agree on the fact that there's a bunch of fucking cattle out there, right? There's a bunch of people that are, maybe let's not call them cattle. Maybe that's a little rude. Let's call them slaves. And we're all probably slaves to a certain extent, but there's a bunch of people that are really plugged into the matrix. You know what I mean? It's work to TV, to this, to this, to that. And that was all harmless enough four years ago. Yeah. Now they're dangerous. Live and let die. But then those motherfuckers came like inches away from voting people like us into fucking camps. Mm -hmm. Yes. And What comes next? Or maybe taking my kids away. I mean, maybe taking my kids away because I don't want to go along with the decision that the state made. So, you know, I that I'm having more and more compassion for the useless eaters comments the older I get, and the the more it was the mob, I guess, starts to turn on me instead of on the elite. It's like, well, wait a second, if this goes in the other direction, and we don't go fucking storm the castle then the elite might convince these, these eaters to come and eat me and my family, straight up. Mm-hmm. No, I and hear the, you. Here. I, I would have said that wasn't a possibility. Now I said that's a probability. Because well, how- I'm a firm believer that every single person that turned on me during the COVID vaccination bullshit will turn on me again during the next pandemic or whatever mm-hmm. they come up with to convince those people that I'm a psycho again. It might be my guns. Who knows what it'll be? But they'll come up with something, and I would say nine out of ten out of the people that turned on me this time. At different extents, right? Not everyone just turned on you, but at different levels they did, right? Some people maybe stopped talking to you or they wouldn't entertain you or, you know, to right up to the stay the fuck away from me, don't talk to you anymore sort of thing. But I think most of those people do it again when the TV tells them to.
3: I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I mean, I know it's, it's trite to make this comparison now, but, you know, Germany uh, during the Weimar republic uh incredibly sophisticated culture well educated uh and people say well how did it happen how did it happen you know it's because uh you know there were the mob um, basically was on side with everything that was happening you know they they bought into it they bought into it and um, we've all seen that that uh, famous photograph of everyone, you know, there's a, a crowd of about, I don't know, 2000 people, and they're all doing the Nazi salute, but there's that one person just sitting there. That's Darren, right? That was the guy crossing his arms. <laughs> yeah. Right? Now I'm the other guy. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. But it only, the good news is it, 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 um, it only takes, what was it, 15%, I think, of, um, Um, people in the, uh, uh, in the United States during the Revolutionary War were, you know, wanted to throw the, the tea into the harbor or agreed with throwing the tea into the harbor. It was, you know, the, the useless eaters, the mob were with, were quite, were quite happy under, uh, King George. You know, they didn't like the taxes, but they said, well, don't make a, don't, you know, don't make a, don't make waves. Everything will be okay. Yeah, but now the Redcoats are, uh, you know, marching down the main street of Concord, and they're telling us what to do. Don't make waves. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. It only takes
0: 10-15%. It's been really interesting to it only, it, there's a set amount of time on that 10-15% where the rest of the population starts turning into Redcoats. And then they achieve critical mass. I mean... It's happened so many fucking times in the last two hundred years that we should we should just see it coming at this point. We should. I'm of this I'm of the mind. There's no stopping it. The only thing that might save us this time, or probably will save us, in my opinion, is that all of the stuff they're banking on is probably going to come to a grinding halt before they can implement the structure that they need to implement. Well, the, the, a couple of things.
3: One, I, when you look at the people that are supposed to be running the show. I mean, they're, they're imbeciles. They're complete morons. Um, so we have that in our favor. They're not, you know, particularly smart. Um, the other thing that I take heart in is I'm starting to see here and even in Canada, uh, you know, people finally showing up. It, you may say, uh, a day late and a dollar short. I don't know, but I'm, I'm seeing parents attending these school board meetings and, you know, getting angry and say, listen, I, I talked about this on my radio show the other day. Uh, and I can I, I can't understand why everybody's not talking about this on the public airwaves. And that is, why is it okay for, for, a, you know, a grade three teacher to be reading pornographic material to their children? And this is happening in our schools. And the police now are, um, Someone shared a training video, a uh, a police training video where, you know, they're basically told that you've you've got a, you've got a, we've got, we've got two rules, two sets of rules. You've got one set of rules for the angry parents that want to protest and, and say, you know, uh, no biological boys in the girls' washrooms. They're the, they're the, the, they're wearing the black hat, black hats. And uh, the, um, the pro-trans activists, they're the good guys now this yeah. is in the, this is in the police training videos i've seen them so um but parents are waking up finally and i think in I think that there now is more that unites us in many ways we're divided, but I think there's many things that are now uniting us and and I think parents who who uh who see what's happening now with pornography in the schools with uh in the united states now we're seeing uh these biological males demanding to, you know, to go into women's washrooms, the girls are pushing back and they're getting into fights. And now the, the biological males who think their girls are being expelled from school. I'm seeing signs. I'm seeing signs.
2: And we're, and the good thing is this, there's this wild card of the internet and consciousness. Like you mentioned Russell Brand. Well, we've also seen this incredible journey of people like Neil Oliver, Viva Fry, Dark Horse, Brett, and Heather Weinstein, you know, people that were kind of just, you know, really smart and, and intriguing people that were sort of in the middle, but they've really just, they've really stood their ground and, and just said, look, we don't agree with what's going on. And, and to see those people stand up and, and them get sort of more popular as well. And they've got to be influencing a lot, which comes back to that sort of collapse of the mainstream. I mean, to see some of those people like Viva to start out a couple of years ago and to see how he's just embraced this whole thing now. It's been pretty incredible.
3: Right, yeah. Viva, um, he's a regular on my my daily show. Oh, good. And um, he, what does he have now? F- over 600,000 followers on, on. Uh, well, he's mainly Rumble now, but on YouTube he had 600,000. Yeah, I mean, he has a bigger audience than the CBC.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> and that's it has true. been very long. I mean, really, it was because he went out to the convoy. He went out to the Freedom Convoy and live streamed that every day, and that's what did it for him because he showed an objective view of what 's going on, and people love to just watch that impartial view of what's going on and that I think that did it for him
3: i agree, I agree, so you know we are yeah we're becoming a network society um mass media is collapsing, and but they're still of course they're they're on the the legacy media they're still reading from you know the old script, but nobody's watching nobody's watching so to to the casual observer they they continue to believe that the official narrative is still prevalent and people everybody buys into it just because it's being reflected in the legacy media but nobody's watching the legacy media
2: yeah have you been following the canadian bill c11 type type thing that's going on right now
3: yeah yeah um i here's where um i'm i'm kind of optimistic about that and and for for the uh, viewers not familiar with c11 which is now law in Canada. It was passed by the Senate. It only requires a uh, royal assent, which means a, a, r- a rubber stamp from the uh, the governor general. Um, bill C-11 is ostensibly, uh, the, the heritage minister Pablo Rodriguez wants us to believe that the, the, the bill is about um, promoting Canadian culture uh, in digital media. Um, but what it does is it gives the CRTC, which is the, the regulatory body up here, broad powers to determine and, and define what they mean by Canadian content. And uh, that could include, for example, because the CRTC are, are, are appointed, the, the directors uh, of the CRTC are appointed, they're liberal cronies. So someone who, um, let's say independent media, an independent media outlet that's uh, critical of Trudeau, The CRTC could suddenly decide. Well, they're not Canadian content as far as we're concerned, so they get pushed down. With I don't know how these algorithms work exactly, but they'll be pushed down in the search engines. So essentially, they'll be they'll be shut out. They'll be censored, um, in a uh, not in in an overt way. But uh, and there is another there is a more overt version of this bill coming. uh, The online safety uh, bill, which is coming down the pipe. But what I'm positive about is the CRTC. Are, I mean, they, they move at a glacial speed. Anyone who's trying to get a, uh, a, ra- a radio license, uh, renewed can attest to this. They're just so slow. Again, inept. Uh, and so by the time they figure out what these broad new powers are and how to wield them that they've been given by Bill C-11, there'll be an election. Um, if we take Pierre Polyev at his word, that's going to be one of his first, um, actions is to get rid of B, uh, Bill C, uh, well, the law, which is, uh, we call it Bill C 11. So I'm somewhat hopeful there. I don't think we're going to see, uh, it enacted or, or put into
0: practice.
2: Yeah. Darren, you didn't seem to worry about that either, right? Eh? But there's a lot of ranting and raving about it on social media.
0: Well, I wouldn't say I'm not worried about it, uh, per se. I mean, I don't know how, how it's going to affect us because, I mean, there's there's not a lot of Canadians listening. Let's be well, honest. they
2: mentioned audio streaming though. They mentioned audio streaming. I so think, the problem sure. would
0: be whether they were blocking our the export of our content, but it really looked like they were more worried about what Canadians were watching. So yep. from our perspective, it was you know not nothing, and I'm not saying I'm fine with it because you know I'm an I'm probably an anarchist or pretty <laughs> close to one. I would put up with some extremely limited government. That was done as a draft or a jury duty type situation Um, and you ain't getting paid for it. Maybe like the positions that are kind of full time will give you a very small salary, but uh, what we'll do is we'll cover whatever you were making at your last job plus 10%. Um, where was I going? What was I talking about? about oh, the yeah, C-11. Before, you know, so for for from our perspective, it's really like a six percent hint, uh or maybe even less than five if I really dig into the numbers, but you know, we're in we're we're eighty percent US base, you know, Canada's not even number two, it's number three after the United Kingdom. So you're down to like you're down to ten percent or twelve percent left by the time you even get to Canada, which takes up I think six of that, and then Australia, so it wouldn't be great if they blocked us completely. It's not great at all, but uh I it thought it was like, I thought
2: it was going to block our uh, some content going out as
3: well
0: My reading of it was that we would just be like uh we are Canadians might not have access to our content all oh, right yeah. I, I i I
3: think that that might be a more likely scenario with the online safety act which is just i mean that hasn't even been introduced to parliament yet but with c11 it has more to do with sort of filtering you out not blocking you uh it will like you have a, a dedicated audience they know where to find you um but for those people that are searching for a program like yours it would be more difficult to find you because you'd be you know you would be pushed down in the rankings um and I have a similar situation, the vast, the vast, I would say mine is probably maybe even 90% U S and then the other 10 is split between Canada, the UK and, and Australia. Australia.
2: yeah,
3: Right. And, um, but if they know where to find you, I think we'll be fine. But it, as I say, I don't even think, uh, it, it's, it's un- unless, unless the, um, the CCP has already figured out, you know, how to reelect a minority government, a liberal minority government, um, I don't think C11 is really going to be put into practice. If the liberals happen to win another election and they bring in this online safety act, they may try to ram it through before an election and make it an election issue, the online safety act. Uh, and, and if they somehow manage to, to win, um, stuff enough, you know, ballots in uh, ballot boxes in, in <laughs> Brampton and Mississauga and because it's, it's going to be Toronto and Montreal, uh, that decide the election again. Um, the online safety one is the one I'm worried about.
2: Uh-huh. Is there any topics that are, uh, go? Do you, do you have something, Darren?
0: Well, I want to, because you you seem to be pretty plugged into the Canadian scene, um, the Canadian political scene, more than most people we talk to, more than myself, probably. It seems like maybe, if not the West, but the Prairie provinces at a minimum have maybe had enough. I mean, I was just talking to Shauna yesterday because, I mean, it's this little thing, but this comedian, Ben Bankus that we follow, and he's like what I would call, you know, a conservative comedian, if not like an, almost a fringe minority comedian, you could say. And uh, he only did two shows in Calgary, but then he went to Winnipeg, Manitoba, and did, I was either eight or ten, and I was like, man, that Winnipeg crowd, and there's only half as many people there. hmm and I was like, that Winnipeg crowd is pretty dedicated. They might be all right. Yeah, and my sister and my mother are both from um, um, close to Winnipeg, Manitoba. My sister was, you know, riding with the truckers for a little while and all that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering if you think there's a possibility for the prairie provinces to start to pull away, or if not that even, maybe just a break up with some of these unions that we see in Canada and the United States over the next decade or two.
3: Uh, yeah, we, we think of Alberta as being sort of the, you know, the bastion of conservatism in Canada, but it's actually, you're right. I think it's even maybe even more so it's Saskatchewan and, and Manitoba. Uh, although I think some of the Northern writings may go NDP, um, which is basically the Marxist Leninist party in Canada for those not familiar. Um, Alberta just passed, I think it's. given royal assent i think it's now law called the um basically it's the alberta first act so it means that any federal uh law that gets passed that infringes on provincial rights because they're sort of clearly delineated in the constitution although not always adhered to in other words the federal government is constantly um moving in on provincial jurisdictions things like resources and so forth so now uh Alberta's conservative premier, Danielle Smith passed this, this law, the Alberta first act, which means any federal law that in, in, infringes on provincial jurisdiction, they'll just, they'll just kibosh it like the gun grab. The federal government is trying to go after hunting rifles. So Alberta would just say, well, we're not enforcing it. And any, any, you know, or any uh, federal officer that tries to enforce that will be, will be fined or in Saskatchewan, they have a similar act. Um, and there were there were reports of i think they were federal um environment ministry workers coming onto private property and checking for um uh, i guess nitrate nitrates right they want to cut back on nitrogen fertilizer uh because somehow they think that contributes to global warming so uh you know they're shutting down thousands of farms in in holland and and the Dutch are just revolting. they're trying to do that here in Canada so the Saskatchewan government said any federal Environment Ministry employee that gets caught on federal land will be charged with trespassing. So they are they're 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 showing signs of pushing back. That's for sure. Uh, are they going to you know vote to separate? I don't see that happening unless maybe if the Liberals got back in with a majority government and I don't know maybe they challenged the uh, the Alberta Act, the Saskatchewan First Act. Right. They got struck down in the Supreme Court. Maybe they they would. Separate. Good,
2: good point. Something would have to happen like that. Yeah. The Alberta up to today, May 2nd, 2023, the vote projection for Alberta's upcoming election, the popular vote projection is the UCP. So the conservatives at 48% plus or minus 5% and the NDP 44% plus or minus 5%. Yeah. So, so that's the popular point. vote, not the seats or or the odds of winning most seats, that kind of stuff. But that's really close. I mean, I can't believe how close that is. For us to be considered one of the most conservative provinces, and it's neck and neck almost.
0: Well, it's because all the cities. What's that, Darren? Sorry? because of the cities. I mean, the yeah, cities and- will go and- NDP, and- but all the ridings will go red or blue, or I guess it's the opposite in Canada. Yes. Yeah, so. It'll be blue versus orange. And all the, the all the whole province will go blue except for... The city. The two cities. Uh, it's Edmonton. Edmonton.
3: Uh, night, they have 20 ridings in Edmonton. 19, I think, provincially went uh, for the NDP last time.
0: Oh.
3: Um, it's all of the uh, it's all of the um, the wokesters from eastern Canada that moved out there during the oil boom that are uh, infecting the province with their their wokeness. Yeah, it's it's scary. The, the, Rachel Notley, if she gets back in again, Um she absolutely refuses to, uh, to speak to the independent media, even the Western Standard. Like, um, the guy that runs the Western Standard, Hannaford, is it Jim Hannaford? He was just given some prestigious uh, uh, award out in Alberta. Like, he's a very distinguished fellow. She will not talk to the Western Standard. She has journalists physically removed from her press conferences. I mean, she's just unhinged, unhinged.
2: Yep. That's the mainstream. I mean, that just shows you right there, right? They can't even deal with the independent one. I mean, I saw, you know, I saw Daniel Smith, the, I guess, is she the temporary UCP leader, I guess? Right well, she's, no,
3: she's not temporary.
2: I mean, she just sat down and did a long form discussion. I'm like, Oh my God, a politician sitting down with, uh, was it Jordan Peterson? Did like this long form discussion It was yeah. actually very, you know, it seemed very genuine and, and very legit. I mean, that just, that, that goes a long way, I think. These days,
3: hopefully, hopefully, yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, Ontarians looking very closely at what's happening uh, in in Alberta and think you know because um, that's the number one destinations for destination for disgruntled Ontarians <laughs> in Alberta. So it'll, it's that's like why you, you know, can't
2: rent a place in, in Calgary right now.
3: <laughs> but it's well, but it's it's the people that have had enough of the 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 wokeness and the, you know the the uh, the COVID restrictions and so forth that are moving to Alberta. If Alberta falls, there's no, I guess yeah, it's on to Saskatchewan.
2: Yeah. So I, I like those answers because it's, it's not like there's a real solution in politics, but there's a downstream effect for stuff that happens in politics. You know? For
3: sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was, it was Andrew Breitbart who said that uh, politics is downstream from culture, but I think that's changed. I think, I, I don't think that's true anymore. I think politics is everything. I think politics it's is become
2: pop culture.
3: Yes, it has. Everything is politics.
2: Yeah. Is there stuff that your audience like? You you do so many shows. Is there stuff that your audience likes to hear about? Is there any favorite kind of topics that that you talk about that uh, your audience likes? And and also, what are your favorite sort of conspiracy topics? Not just about geopolitics and stuff, but.
3: Um. Well, the uh, the Strange Planet podcast. Um. You know, there may be some who you know accuse me of sort of selling out, but I'm i i i have i you know i i I try to service the audience and and figure out what it is that they want to hear and and give them that uh and so it continues to be a lot of you know of the the land of the woo you know ufos and abductions and um uh crop circles and cryptozoology and and that and and occasionally I'll, i'll work in um some, some more conspiratorial stuff, but my daily show, which I mentioned earlier that I do, uh, from four to six on Saga 960, which is just, it's a radio station just West of Toronto. It's a tiny little, like a 700 watt station. Uh, but a lot of people listen online. Um, that's where I do the bulk of the, um, uh, I guess you could call it the more subversive type radio that maybe I didn't, I used to do on the conspiracy show back in the day. Um, but it, you know, it's been legitimized by everything that's going on in the news. So it's not even, can't even call it conspiracy anymore. So I'm yeah. just, uh, I'm con- on, on that show from four to six. I'm constantly talking about, uh, the culture war and all of the data coming out again showing how damaging the, uh, the, the, the jabs. Jab, huh? and, yeah. yeah. So, um, that's sort of taken over, uh, the conspiracy stuff and Strange Planet is, uh um, you know, I I do some I do some prophecy, biblical prophecy on there. I do um um a lot of a lot of uh UFO stuff. People yeah, just can't yeah. get enough of it. They yeah. cannot get enough well,
0: of it. does <laughs> the biblical prophecy stuff have lined up for us? Uh well,
3: I mean, the um the end of days, I mean, when <laughs> you look around. Look around. What's going on right now? It's 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 it would it would appear we if we're not already in uh, the tribulation. Seems like we're getting pretty close. What they call Jacob's troubles, right?
0: Do that means
3: you don't know what it means? No. Um, okay. So the um, the the return of the Messiah, the second coming of Christ. Before that can happen, there is a seven. Year period known as Jacob's Troubles or the Tribulation, uh, during which time you have the uh, the uh, the arrival of the Antichrist, right? Who who tries to deceive people before the Second Coming into thinking he's the Messiah. You have to bow down and worship to me, and then we get into you know the that you have to take the mark of the beast on your right hand or your on on your forehead in order to uh, buy or sell. Uh, and once you take the mark that's it you're um there may be some genetic component you're no longer you're no longer fully human so um and, and and the tribulation is characterized by well basically everything that we're seeing right now wars rumors of wars um uh you know
2: famine
3: famine people turning against their parents um wow yeah how does it end the good guys win basically that's <laughs> the, good the good guys the good guys the good well uh those who stand up against evil uh you know uh, satan and his his um minions? Minions, fallen angels yeah they um they're locked up in the abyss for all eternity
2: it's funny i was just i was kind of going to ask you because I, I had a sense that Um, that was kind of one of your favorite conspiracies is the spiritual, especially with what's happened over the last few years, like what it's been like for you to go through this personally. And as your, as your views about the spiritual battle that's happening kind of changed or solidified.
3: Um, probably more reinforced. I mean, I, I, um, I grew up in the Methodist church, which has became the United church of, of Canada, which is, um, you know, it was very big on fellowship you know church picnics and go to choir practice so we could play floor hockey afterwards and and communion was uh i think once a year and you got a um uh, some welch's grape juice you know it uh and then i married church a light,
2: church light church in a way.
3: light yeah not big on fellowship no not so big on on worship and but having said that it was a, a wonderful sense of community and i had an idyllic childhood so i you know i, I don't want to be overly harsh but now uh, I mean, you have, uh, ordained ministers in the, uh, United Church who don't even believe in the divinity of Christ. Right. Um, so then I married a, um, the mighty Aphrodite who's, uh, Orthodox, Orthodox Greek and I became, uh, Orthodox and, and it's, it's a beautiful, a beautiful faith. And, and, um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I see things very much in, 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 in that vein, spiritual warfare. Absolutely. So I mean, I know people, that's not, that's not a
0: a popular op- opinion. Um, it's getting more popular. It seems like every day. Well, I, I I can only
3: speak of what's happening in the Orthodox Church. I mean, I see, uh, I see, a, I see a packed church on 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 Sunday. I see huge youth groups. Wow. Um, it's because it's um it's pretty conservative, the Orthodox faith. And, um, I see all of these, these liberal, these, uh, you know, Christian light churches it's just closing up, you know, they become a, one day there's a United church on the corner. The next day it's a, a daycare center or, or I don't know, maybe it might be seventh day Adventist or something for a couple of weeks. And then it's, uh, it's, it's vacant, but the, the, uh, the Anglican Church in places like Africa is thriving. The Catholic Church in in, in Central America, especially, is thriving. And um, uh, the Catholic Church in the West, not so much. But uh, the Anglican Church, forget it in the West. Uh, the Orthodox uh, Church in the West, I would say, is is thriving as well.
2: What do you think? There's a reason for that, specifically the Orthodox, because I know we we do follow a few Orthodox. Followers like Jay Dyer. Um, I don't, I think he's there's a couple yeah. people that we kind of know in in this in the genre that sort of are orthodox as well.
3: Um I think it's it's because it has stayed true. Um to I mean there's what they call apostolic succession. Um you know, the patriarch can uh is from the um, his line comes from the disciple Andrew. Rather, the Catholic Church is from the, the line of Peter, but the apostolic succession has um, has been pretty pretty solid. Uh, the teachings they're immovable. They're immovable, and I think that speaks to people. People, I think we we find comfort in in um, tradition. Um, like children who, who, who like children thrive, I think with, um, with, um, with borders, like a wall that you can lean on. I think there's some comfort in that. We can draw strength from that. A uh, routine. I mean, uh, the, the Orthodox faith is it's, I find it very mystical and there's, you know, the ritual that's, that's, um, involved, um, to me, I don't know. It just it's it's uh, it's very comforting, and and again, it's immovable. It says like, no, this is the way it's been for two thousand years, and we're not changing just to, to become popular. Progressive, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden, you have like a minister in the United Church who shows up with a guitar and a tambourine, and hey, we're gonna try and get more youth in here, and and just you know follow them, follow the herd wherever they go. No, the Orthodox yeah. Church doesn't follow the herd. Yeah, like if yeah. there's nobody left in the building, that's fine. They still do the liturgy. If there's one person in church or nobody, they do the liturgy. But, you know, if you don't want to, if this isn't for you, then find another church.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Is it quite different from Catholic? I mean, excuse the sort of naive questions, but for those of us that aren't really familiar with the whole, that whole side of it.
3: Not coming from the Catholic tradition, I I can't, I can't speak, um, precisely to that question other than i think there's probably more things that are the same than that are different but there is there was this period in history called the great schism um where they split i mean the orthodox church there used to be one church it was all the catholic church catholic is yeah. universal right when the catholics decided there was something in one of these i don't know these um uh you know huge conferences coming together they had some difference on. You know, maybe it had to do with the, the Holy Witches or, or <laughs> the Holy Trinity, um uh or some minor thing to me it seems, then they broke off. And so the Catholic Church, they called themselves the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, which was the Catholic Church, says, Well, we'll call ourselves Orthodox. Probably minor differences. But the Pope thinks he's infallible, and the patriarch who heads the um, the Orthodox Church does not believe he's infallible. He's hmm. a, a miserable sinner like the rest of us.
2: So, do, mo- do most of the, the Orthodox Church think that like the Jabby Jab was the mark of the beast? Is that kind of.
3: Mm, I can't I mean, answer. It I, kind I, of, I, mean, I don't think it's the mark of the beast. No. You uh, that's, no, that's I still come in there. That's a very. Getting into that whole. Um, Here's something that's interesting. the The Orthodox Church, the one book they never read from during the liturgy is the is Revelation, uh, because it's so you know it's it's a quagmire, it's a swamp, it's so difficult and it's so open to interpretation. So yeah. the, the Orthodox Church does not weigh into that. Um, but when you get into the Mark of the Beast and End of Days, you're really getting into more evangelical territory.
2: Right, right.
3: And I have a lot of respect for the evangelicals. I mean, they're they're um. Most of them just incredibly generous and warm and charitable people, the most charitable people on the planet. I mean, they give more money to charity than anybody. Real uh, charity. Sorry. Real charity. Real charity. Yeah, like they they you know they give to the poor. They they give of themselves. They volunteer. They're um. um
0: yeah, I, I mean, I have a lot of time for evangelicals.
2: Darren, do you have any questions?
0: What's the shittiest conspiracy in your entire career? Like, what? <laughs> no, that's gonna to be too easy. So, give us the top three. The shittiest? Yeah, the How worst do you, ones. The, the ones that you, that you have to cover because you have to cover it. But oh. you're, it's like, oh my God. Like, bro, I had to put up with Graham trusting the plan for a couple months after the rest of the world had woke up. But, Graham was still trusting pretty hard. You know, we love him. And he came around, but. You know, like that sort of thing where you're just like, is it still kept coming up? So you have to talk about, we have to keep talking about, we had to talk about Donald Trump forever where you're just like, oh my God, but that, but for like a conspiracy, because you dealt with conspiracies full on. So, I mean, there's gotta be some months where you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. Ah, oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, well,
3: speaking of, you know, trust in the plan and for maybe, I guess your, your listeners are totally hip to what that means, you know, that Donald Trump is still in charge. And, and I had a guy on my daily show who kind of, he came on ostensibly, he was pitched to me by a a publicist to talk about the, uh, the indictment, uh, in New York city and, and Alvin Bragg. And, um, I got totally blindsided. Uh, he started going on about how Trump is still in charge. And how do we know Trump is still in charge? Because when he walks onto a stage, the, 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 uh, the star spangled band, the flags don't have the gold braid. Yeah. You, probably, you know, you've heard all of this stuff and it's like, wait, I mean, I couldn't shut this guy down. I mean, but he, he did not come as advertised. I wasn't expecting him to talk about this. Um, but he's, uh, you know, he's ex military and he's got all, well, uh, when Biden took, took over supposedly there were, there were only, it wasn't a 21 gun salute. It, it, that was a funeral uh, service. It wasn't technically an inauguration. And it's just like, wow. I mean, it is fascinating to hear these guys go, you know, and he's got, he just cites a chapter in verse. And from this military historian perspective, um, it's, it's interesting to listen to. Um, I i maybe I haven't heard as much of it as you have. So I haven't necessarily grown tired of it. And, um, you know, maybe there is a small part of me that wants to believe.
2: Exactly. Well, that's why they do it. I mean, it's like, we just put out on YouTube, this conspiracy paper from Cass Sunstein and came out, it was from Harvard and the university of Chicago. And it was how to deal with, how does the government deal with conspiracy theories from 2008? And I mean, that's what it really smacks up is like, they would almost do that. They would almost change their ritual of the presidential inauguration just to give some fodder for the mm. trust, the plan crowd. I mean, it really seems plausible now that they could do little things like that because they were talking about it in this paper, like, do we get involved in these conspiracies? Do we shut them down? Um, very, very interesting, interesting take. And of course they were talking about conspiracies as in like nine 11, not being an inside job. And I mean, really basic stuff that we would all sort of laugh at now.
3: Yeah. Um, I, um, I just thought of something else and that has, it's not really conspiracy. It's, it's more about the, the whole alien abduction thing. Um, and I have no doubt that people are experiencing something. I don't know what it is. Is it sleep paralysis? Is it again, getting into spiritual warfare? Um, you know, are they having an angelic encounter or or whatever? That's all possible. I mean, I, I'm not real popular in the UFO field because I I believe that the that what we're dealing with are hyperdimensionals not extraterrestrials. I think we are alone in the universe. Um I think it was created just for us.
2: The demons um, too?
3: Well, they would be I would classify them as interdimensional. Yeah, I mean that's that's I think that's the best I I have to put everything through the the, the biblical Filter, really, I mean, how does the square with a biblical narrative, and that's the only way it makes sense to me is, is the u f o and the alien abduction phenomena is we're talking about spiritual war- warfare something in the angelic realm um but one of the things I do get tired of i i guess about is abductees talking about how they were taken as ch- children you know against their will, uh probed, perhaps even you know raped uh and somehow. They're, it's like the, the Stockholm syndrome. They're okay with it, right? Because yeah. maybe, you know, it, well, in a prior life, in a past life, I agreed to be abducted in this life. I'm sorry. No, no child can consent. Uh, this whole idea that, you know, um, and it's become this, it's become a religion all on its own that, uh, the aliens are coming, uh, you know, they're the, like white, uh, knights, uh, they're here to, uh, to save us from ourselves. And they're abducting us, but they're only doing it to educate us and, you know, teach us about how we're destroying the planet and so forth. I have to be honest, I get a little, a little tired of hearing that, you know, the idea of a child being abducted against his will. Oh, it's all part of the, talk about, you know, it's, they're working the plan. It's all part of the plan.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. I got to push back on the trust the plan thing. I don't, I'd have to disagree with Darren on that one. I didn't go on to check it. For the that long. I, check no. the tapes. Check the tapes. I'd love to change. check the tapes. I'd love to know that.
0: Back in those past episodes, tell you how many episodes Graham went past when he should have turned off the freeway.
2: <laughs> but we, we have the same thing with UFOs too. We had a, we had a UFO guy on from California and he was been studying this for decades and, I was pretty shocked to hear that his whole community in California there was thinking that those or those objects or balloons that the government was shooting down or claiming to have shot down were ET. You know, like it was kind of blew me away that they were all still on board with that.
0: Yeah, and one I of was like, mistakes. "What do you
2: mean? How can the the ETs just gonna let themselves be shot down like that?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, well they they it was all part of the plan. Like they send these like t- probes down to be shot down." I'm like, "It's just like." Kind of jumping through some hoops there to stick to that hypothesis.
3: Yeah, I think one of them was um likely like a one of those giant um uh, balloons from a used car lot or something, you know, like uh but it's funny how the government for a while they kind of they they were playing with this. They were there was a one Pentagon official who said, Well, we're not ruling anything out. Right? Yeah. We're not ruling out extraterrestrials. So they were they were they They're were
2: keeping a bunch of doors uh, open, yeah. And sure. They're going out of their way to call them objects, which they're not supposed to. They're supposed to be UAPs now.
3: Yeah, I don't know. To me, they're, they're UFOs. I, I don't want to pl- – I don't know. I get annoyed, I guess, with uh, um some in the UFO community. It's like, oh, you can't call them UFOs. They're UAPs. And I don't know. It's, it's – it is – it is to me, it's like a religion now. There, there's a certain element of that in the 9-11 crowd, too. Like. Um, if you dare to suggest that the buildings weren't brought down by, you know, thermite or nano Now, all of a sudden you're like, you're out. I'm not, you're, you're a disinformation officer or whatever. Yeah, it's a religion. You're married to it. They're so invested in it. You know, if you, if you're not in a hundred percent on everything, then you're out.
0: Yeah. The grammar yeah. tell you about the GFO he's seen the witch. You seen a UFO? <laughs> oh, <no>, tell me.
2: <laughs> I think that's the first time anybody's called it that. No, it was just a UFO in Tel Aviv. It was in Israel when I oh, saw it. So it was just a, poly, a polygonal shaped craft. It was split in half, and it was like ro- rotating around silently, flying through the sky. A bunch of us saw it. So it was, yeah, it was weird, but it was in, it was in Israel, so. I've never heard it called that before, though. That's a good one, Dan.
3: UFO. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are a lot of things. That, now you're dragging it out of me. See, there are a lot of things that do annoy me. Oh, um,
0: keep going, keep <laughs> going. <laughs> <laughs> your,
2: your audience never gets to hear this side of Richard.
3: Well, I mean, it's it's all interesting, and I and I, my my whole purpose is people will say, well, how could you sit? You know, I get I get angry emails occasionally. Say, why could you, why would you entertain that flat earther? I had David Weiss on the program. Yeah, yeah.
2: that was uh, ours too. Yeah,
3: he's got a a tremendous, you know, uh, uh, tremendous multimedia presentation. He's got all these videos playing and everything, and it's it's fascinating. And I'm not a flat earther, um, but my my motive or mission is to ha- is just to provide a safe and respectful platform and let them go. and And I ask, you know, I ask the questions that need to be asked, but I don't get into a debate. Uh, That's not what the the show is about. So people will write me emails. How could you allow a flat earther on to talk about that? I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're not okay with someone, you know, talking about a flat earth, but you're fine um, having me sit there and listen to someone who talks about, you know, I don't know, um, an extraterrestrial, inner earth, earth, hollow earth. earth. Yeah. Hollow earth is, that's a great one. Hollow earth is fine, but flat earth. No, you can't go there. That annoys me when you yeah. know people will will suspend their disbelief for some things but not others.
0: Yeah, what about your most taboo one, you know, like a Sandy Hook or Jews Run the World or something like that?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I will not do Holocaust
0: denial, I just won't. Um, well, it's illegal in Canada too, so you wouldn't <laughs> want it. Um, no, it's not, I don't think it is, it's illegal in Germany. That Canada is the only other country. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay.
3: All right. Well, I won't have to worry about brushing up against the law there because I just, I, I wouldn't do it regardless. Um, I did talk to people about Sandy Hook. Um, trying to think of it, he was just talking about some of the, I, I'm trying to remember now. It was in the immediate aftermath, just all of this, some inconsistencies, not suggesting that. You know, children weren't killed, but you know, the, again, the early reports about a second gunman in the woods. Um, uh, he went to, uh, he went this to, to Sandy, uh, to Sandy to, to Hook to the school and it looked like it had been like mothballed like months ago, um, you know, months prior or years ago, even just sort of these strange,
2: Anomalous, strange. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. And then someone else checking into the, uh, you know, the social, uh, social insurance numbers or the uh, social security numbers or whatever the, uh, and and the, the uh, didn't match with the uh, death certificates or something. I don't know. Um, no, obviously it was a horrible, horrible bloodbath there. Um, and it is, yeah, it, it has become sort of the third rail. I mean, you just, you don't talk about it. You're not supposed yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. But I did. I did in the early aftermath. You know, look what happened to Alex Jones.
2: Yeah.
3: Who, um, financially destroyed maybe because of it. And, and how often did he talk about it? Like maybe 2% of the time.
2: Yeah.
3: And spoke to people who, you know, believe one thing or the other. And he's absolutely like villainized over that. Um,
2: setting an example,
0: which one? Which one do you believe a little bit, though? Regarding which? Well, what's what's like your most taboo conspiracy that you really? sort of believe that mm-hmm. you're on board with?
3: Um, I don't know that it's that taboo anymore. I think it's becoming increasingly increasingly mainstream. Uh, probably nine oh, eleven. Okay. Hold elements of there. an inside job.
0: Elements of an inside job. I thought you were talking about the jabby jabs.
2: Yeah, I thought depopulation was going to be a
0: that. Can't say jabby jabs. Jabby jabs, yeah. Um That's like that's the one that's a that's worse than Sandy Hook, I might say. I mean we talk if we talked about Sandy Hook for after 20 minutes of this show, it would probably take YouTube a while to catch on to it. But if we talked about them jibbity jabs, um, or you know, maybe some of that coof for a little bit and went against a narrative, we could do like it could be like 30 seconds of a two hour interview and bam, within like three days, they will catch that shit. Yeah. So what are you saying? We can't talk about it or. You can't say that. No. That didn't work or that, that <laughs> might be killing people suddenly.
3: Yeah. I talk about that. Killing people suddenly on.
0: Radio yeah 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 you can get away with it everywhere but youtube it seems they just won't fucking drop it yeah yeah even facebook kind of lets you get away with it but what do you do i agree felix the moon landing is did not happen what do you think about that richard moon landing yes or no
3: uh yes my my thing is i think it may have happened much earlier hmm i think it's possible we were we were sending uh missions to, to the moon. I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as to say, Oh, well, you know, the, uh, the Nazis in New Schwabenland or whatever, were shooting rockets from the Antarctic up there. I mean, who knows, but uh, I think it's quite possible we were up there much sooner. I think I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said a million times before, but I think, um, you know, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, they were all just, just, uh, it was all window dressing. I, I, I believe in a secret space program. And I think they're doing all sorts of things and we're doing all sorts of things 50 years before we even thought it was possible. It's all, that's all for
0: public consumption, Apollo and so forth. I like it. This has been fantastic. Can you tell all of our lovely listeners who don't know where they can find all your stuff, what the URLs are, we'll put it all in the show notes, but a lot of them don't bother checking. So if you could just tell, tell us yours, your social media, all that stuff.
3: All right. So the best place to go is to strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca. From there, you can stream my podcast, which drops Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I think you can subscribe there as well. Um, you can uh, also access the YouTube channel, which is at Strange Planet Radio, but you can access it from strangeplanet.ca. Um, all of my, my, uh, podcast episodes are also on the YouTube channel. If they're too hot for YouTube, they're on, um, Rumble. Um, what is the Rumble channel? I think if you just search Richard Serrett, Strange Planet. Um, yeah, that's it, strangeplanet.ca. You can follow me on Twitter, at Richard Serrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T, at Richard Serrett. Uh, the Daily Show on Saga 960, The Richard Serrett Show, saga960am.ca, or just go to the com the dot strangeplanet.ca
2: i love your website it's really
3: it's really cool looking which one
2: your, the richards uh, strangeplanet.ca oh, yeah.
0: very
3: cool
2: yeah
0: thank you thank you yeah. well richard thanks again for coming on the show we'd love to have you on anytime and uh, it's great after not talking for a decade uh, we got to talk to you twice in one month as we come up on our 10 year anniversary Hey, congrats. Wow. 10
3: years. And um, the, uh, my interview with both of you on strange planet, that's um, that's in the hopper. I'm, uh, do you guys work like weeks and weeks and weeks in, in advance? Sometimes,
2: Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Yep.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, your, um, your listeners will be uh, happy to know that your episode is coming up probably in the next week and a half, I think.
2: Right on. Awesome. Thanks,
3: Richard. All right.
2: It was fun. Right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being so authentic and getting personal with us.
3: Darren and Graham, thank you. All right.
0: Appreciate Mark it. Around. Bye. And that was a chat with Richard Serrett. What'd you think, buddy? Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah, I love it. He's a good fellow one. Canadian. I that guy looks younger than he did. I know every time. 10 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like
2: you've been in
0: years and he got yeah. seven years younger. Yeah. I stay the same.
2: Maybe I need to dye my hair. Maybe he dyed his hair or something. I need to dye the side. Oh, when bro, I grow my hair, it gets the real gray.
0: on the side too. It's still enough. I could kind of pluck them out, but I'm, I'm getting all ground out on the sides too. Yeah. It's like the old, I don't know, for some reason I equate it with like, a, I guess an old, I always thought like an old Jewish guy, but I guess it's like an old Englishman. Oh my God. You know, with yeah. like the white just on the sides and yeah, black.
2: Yeah. And I was yeah. Still, it was yeah. Like,
0: you know, back in the day when cartoons were straight out stereotypes, you know, like yeah. if there was a different fucking ethnicity character, it was very apparent by how they're drawn. So anyway, Big thanks to Richard for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks to one of our supporters. We cannot do this without you guys. This is a value for value show. If you get some value from the show, you have to send some value back or way over at grandamerica.ca slash support. Otherwise, the show just like crashes. You know, maybe we just call it at 10 years if there's no support. I'd hate to do that. But without support, we can't do it. Yeah, shows making your life a little better in some way. You can maybe sign up for a buck a month, two bucks a month, three bucks a month. You decide. America.ca. Shout out to Felix who showed up tonight to watch. Other than that, uh, I think that's about it. got anything else? AdultBrain.ca for the books. Contact at thecabin.com for the trips. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.
1: I said on the Foot and evil was at its root. The people were scatter plots, not many could connect the dots. Some people stood tall in spite of their righteous voices made small. Put down your phone souls turn to stone the rhythm of the algorithm has driven a schism created this prison I'm shocked and appalled at the technocracy's gall pulling strings of marionettes setting traps in cybernets Infinite scroll as addictive as cigarettes, cat videos for freedom of the press. People that stand tall, in spite of our righteous voices made small, put down your phone, your souls turn to stone. The rhythm of the algorithm has driven a schism, created this prison. Double click on install. Rome's about to fall. This hard drive is corrupted. And our minds have been abducted. By a silicon dream so seductive. When yelling at bots becomes unproductive People, we need to stand tall In spite of our righteous voices made small Put down your phone Your souls turn to stone The rhythm of the algorithm has driven a schism, created this prison!